0: You know, when we trust Christ as Savior, we are changed. We become a new creation in Christ. We go from death to life. We're placed in union with Christ. And we've given uh, the uh, spiritual gifts. We're given the Holy Spirit. There's so much. But what, what are we here for? And there's, when we're thinking about our relationship with Christ right now, what is our ministry? And what is our message? Now, we'll go into more details a little bit later on. But remember that when we trusted in Christ, we have these three relationships. We brought them up a while ago. Relationship with Christ, relationship with unbelievers, relationship with believers. Well, right now, we're in relationship with Christ, which is probably the most important relationship you have in your whole life, Right? Your relationship with Jesus Christ, it has a past aspect of it, it has a present aspect of it, and it has a future aspect of it. When we think about our relationship with Christ, we think about the past, the present, and the future. We think about past. We were dead in sin. We were going our own way. We were separated. We were destined for wrath. But in the past, he made us alive. When we trusted in Christ, we were dead, but we're now alive. We're alive in Jesus Christ. Now, present tense, we're new creations in Christ, and the plan is to know him, to grow to be like him, And to serve him. And so where we are now as far as our study, we're talking about... We've already talked about knowing him, what that means to know him. We've talked about growing in the grace and knowledge of Christ. But now we're looking at the whole idea of serving him. And then future aspect, and we're going to touch on this in in the next couple of lessons or maybe a lesson from now, is the whole idea of rewards. Now, rewards are vital because most people are never taught about rewards. Most people are taught that the reward is salvation. Salvation is not a reward. Salvation is a gift. You don't earn uh, salvation. Salvation is given to you by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Rewards are what's earned. And that comes from our service. That comes from the present tense where we're knowing and growing and serving. And in the future, there'll be the reward. So what we're looking at now is present tense. Our service for Christ. So I want you to look at 1 Corinthians 6, and we're going to look at verses 19 and 20. It's a famous verse, and, and we know it, but here's what it tells us. Look down with me at 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? So let's stop for just a second. Our body is what? Temple of the Holy Spirit. Now, think about this. God has always dwelt among his people, Always. And in, 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 in Adam and Eve in the garden, he would come in the garden. Later on, he, was, he would appear to Noah. He appeared to Abraham. When the Jewish people, when the nation of Israel built the tabernacle, he made his presence known with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by day, and he made his presence known. And then now in our age, we might call it the age, the church age, the Jew and the Gentile together into one body, the church, he now indwells in us. Our body is the what? The temple, we're the temple of the Holy Spirit. It always amazes me when people go to church and they call this room what? What is this room called oftentimes? A sanctuary. You know what the sanctuary is, right? Sanctuary is the dwelling place of God. This is not the sanctuary. This is an auditorium, right? We move chairs in and out. We eat in here. We run in here. We do all kinds of things in here. This is not a sanctuary. You are the sanctuary. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in side of you. So in reality, when people talk about a sanctuary every day, you're walking around and I'm walking around as the sanctuary of God. This is an amazing thing. Look what he says. What do you not know? Your body's the temple of the Holy Spirit who's in you. So the Holy Spirit dwells in us whom we have from God and that you're not your own. Wait a minute. What do you mean we're not we're own? Because we don't belong to us anymore. We belong to God. Why? He says, for you have been bought With a price. Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay for sin, and he purchased us. It's called redemption. He redeemed us. Therefore, here's what he says to do. Therefore, glorify God in your what? It doesn't say in your life. What does it say? Your body. He's emphasizing this life, this body, how we live, what we do, we're on this earth. And he says, your body actually has God living inside of you. Now, that's an amazing thing because if you go back to the Old Testament from Adam and Eve all the way to Noah and to Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, the Holy Spirit did not permanently live inside believers. Some believers, he did. The Holy Spirit would come upon somebody like David or Saul or uh, a different uh, guy named Olabab. It's those people who who actually did certain things. God would empower them with, with the Holy Spirit coming to be with them and then sometimes leaving. But for us, the Holy Spirit actually comes to live in us never to leave. No matter how sinful we might live, the Holy Spirit still indwells in us. That's an amazing thing. What's the plan? Therefore, what? Glorify God in your body. So how we live. Now, with that in mind, I want you to think about this. We are to use our bodies our lives to glorify God, and so in this present relationship with Jesus Christ, we're supposed to be glorifying Him. Everything that we do, the things, places we go, the things we see, the things we say. There's a there's a Proverbs, Proverbs chapter four, right to the end of the Proverb. He says something. He says, "Guard your hearts," which is your spiritual part, your inner part of you. He says, "Guard your hearts," for in that. Your heart is the wellspring of life. And then he does three things. He says, be careful where you go. Be careful what you look at. And be careful what you say. Those three things. That's in Proverbs four. So it's an amazing thing. So what what is he saying? How do we use our lives? How do we use our bodies? Colossians chapter three verse twenty four says, "It is the Lord that we serve." So we have to understand that as believers at this time we serve Jesus Christ. We belong to Him. It's the Lord that we serve. And then here's the great truth, which most people have never put together, and that is this: For all eternity, we will serve Jesus Christ let me just throw something out if you talk to the average Christian they have an idea that the goal is to get to heaven that's the goal that you don't want to die and be separated from God, which is that's a pretty good goal. I mean, that you want to go to heaven, you want to be with Jesus Christ forever. And they sometimes people think that the way you get to heaven is to try to live the best life you could or do good and all that, and somehow you'll be rewarded by getting to go to heaven. We know that that's not true at all, that salvation is a gift. Jesus died for all people, rose from the grave, conquering death, and he offers a gift of eternal life to anyone who will believe, and whoever believes in him will never perish but have what? Eternal life. So the goal ultimately is not that I get to heaven because there's much more to it than that because anyone who has believed in Jesus Christ will spend eternity with him. But what we find out is not only when Jesus comes back, he'll have a kingdom on this earth for a thousand years. That was the promise to King David. And then have what we call the eternal kingdom, which is a new heavens and a new earth. But what most people don't realize is during the thousand years on the earth and for all eternity, we will serve Jesus Christ. Now, the basis for our service in the kingdom will be based on our service now. How we live now, how we serve him, whatever we do, that we're going to stand before him one day to be rewarded. And what do we want to hear him say? Well done, good and faithful servant. So this whole idea is that we're to serve Jesus Christ. And, and so what we want to do is we want to think about three things dealing with our service. First of all, how are we able to serve him? We're going to talk about that. Then what is the ministry and message that we have? We're going to talk about that. And that's this morning. Next week, we're going to look at the results, which is rewards. Now, a lot of people have heard, now have heard of rewards, and if you've been in our church for any length of time, you understand that one of the key things in life is rewards, that you run the race so that you can gain the prize, that you live in such a way that he says, well done, good and faithful servant, that you realize that the goal is not just to have eternal life, but the goal is to hear him say, well done. So next time, we're going to talk about rewards, the results of living for him, serving him, and ministry and message, and we're going to talk about being rewarded. So let's start with those three questions. And just two this morning, how and what? How are we able to serve him? Well, how are we able to serve? He gives us the power. What did we see already in 1 Corinthians 6, 19? What did you not know your body is the what? Temple of who? Who's living inside you? Holy Spirit. That's, I think that's pretty good power because that's the power of God. That's exactly right. That's God within us. And so God gives us the power. I want you to just think about this. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus told the disciples that the Holy Spirit would come upon them. He says, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. The moment we trusted in Christ, the Holy Spirit came to live inside of us. Right then, we have the power to serve the living God. Now, you can do things in your own power, but there's no rewards there. There's no lasting things. When we serve in the power of the Holy Spirit, that's the key. Galatians chapter 5, it says, Walk in the Spirit, do not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walking in the Spirit, and the power of the Holy Spirit results in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That comes out of us when we live in God's power. So when you say, I want to wake up every morning, and I choose to live for Jesus Christ... It's not your power. You don't say, I'm just going to try to live a good life. You say, God, you're in me. Take me, use me, empower me, help me to remember the Bible, help me to study it, help me to proclaim the message, help me to touch lives for you. Your power through me. That's the key. And that's what we're looking at. And so how do we do it? It's in the power of the Holy Spirit. In Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who what? strengthens me. When he says all things, he's not talking about you could jump 10 feet in the air and that kind of, no, he's saying I can do whatever God has for me to do Because he's gifted me and because he empowers me. And that's the strength that we have. And I think think one of the great verses, and most of us know it, but it's Romans 12, 1 and 2. He says, offer our lives as living sacrifices. Now, let's do this real quickly. Turn to Romans. You're in 1 Corinthians. Just turn just a few pages back in your Bible toward the front of your Bible to Romans chapter 12. And I want you to look at verses 1 and 2 because it's an amazing truth. And this is a truth that we've talked about many, many times. And if we get this, it'll change us forever. If we get this. And here's what he says. Look at Romans chapter 12. He says, therefore, I urge you, brethren. Paul is writing to believers. He says, by the mercies of God, here's what I want you to do. Present what? Your body as a living and holy sacrifice. A sacrifice. He says, present your body as a sacrifice. We just saw that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And so we're to glorify God with our what? Our bodies. Now he says, here's what I want you to do. Offer your life, your bodies to God. And then notice what he says in verse 2, because this is the key. Literally in the Greek it says, and stop being conformed to this world. My Bible writes, do not be conformed to this world. But the way it's written in the Greek it actually says, stop being conformed to this world and keep on being transformed by the renewing of your mind. So he shows a contrast. Don't be conformed to the world, be transformed. And so what we see here is not being conformed or shaped by our world, but being transformed from the inside out. By the Word of God. Notice what He says: Do not be conformed to this world; be shaped by this world, but be transformed. That word "transform" is metamorphose. We get metamorphosis from it. This actually means to be changed from the inside out. And He says, by the renewing of your mind. How in the world do we as believers renew our minds? Hmm the Word of God, as we put the Word of God in our brains, as we, as we study it, as we memorize it. as we That's why when people say, well, I can't memorize the Bible. I said, you better be memorizing the Bible. You better be putting that stuff in your brain because you can't carry it around with you all the time. And so you must need to know this thing because he says you renew your mind that we're not going to be conformed to the world, but we're going to be changed from the inside out by the renewing of our minds. Now, uh, your handout has a mistake on it. Here's what it should say. It should say if we are not consciously being transformed by the Word of God, we will unconsciously be conformed to this world. I think we left the knot out, so don't worry about that. But it actually says, if we are not consciously being transformed by the Word of God, that means on purpose, each one of us, decides that we're going to know the Bible, we're going to apply the Bible, we're going to put it in our brain, we're going to meditate on it, we're going to memorize it, we're going to live it out, we're going to consciously be transformed by the Word of God. Now, if we are not consciously doing that, we will unconsciously be conformed to this world. Because it happens so subtly because we live in a fallen world system and it pushes us all the time and it it tells us things that are wrong and we unconsciously get conformed to what this world says so we have to consciously decide i'm going to be transformed by the word of god so how in the world are we going to be able to serve him we offer our lives in service to god being transformed by god's word now that's what we got to do if we're going to make an impact for jesus christ if we're going to be able to serve him, if when we stand before him, we want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant, we have to decide today, now, in this present time, that we're going to be transformed by the Bible as we memorize it, as we study it, as we we live it out, so that we won't be conformed to this world and that we'll make an impact for Jesus Christ because we'll be serving him because it's the Lord that we serve and we're going to serve him for all time. Now, with that in mind, and I just looked at the clock, we've got just a few minutes. The second question is this, is what is our ministry and message? What is it? We have a ministry, we have a message. Now, we all know if I just said to you, what's the purpose of our church, you would say what? Make disciples, okay? And and that's evangelism and training. But when we talk about ministry and message, I want you to see that there's a key word, and it's the word reconciliation. It's the perfect God brings sinful man to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. That's called the what? The story of the Bible. This is the story of the Bible. If you start with Adam and Eve and the fall, and you go all the way to the end... To the the new heavens and the new earth and the New Jerusalem and everything the bottom line is mankind sinned and fell. The story of the Bible is how God takes this fallen man and he brings man back to himself using his Son Jesus Christ the whole Old Testament is looking forward to the Messiah the Savior Jesus Christ the New Testament is looking back to the one who came and died and rose again and that 's the story of the Bible so the story of the Bible is reconciliation so our ministry and message is a ministry ministry and message of reconciliation we get to tell people how God brings man to himself and we talk to people we get to tell them how God so loved the world that he gave his son and he died and rose again and whoever believes in him will not perish but have what life forever with him he's going to bring you back to himself that's the plan all the way through now we say our, our Purpose of our church and our individual lives is to make disciples because we're going out to lead people to Christ so they can be reconciled to God and then train them and equip them to do the same thing. So let, let's talk about it for just a second. Let's think about reconciliation. I don't want you to have to turn there just because of time, but in in Second uh, Corinthians chapter five, that's probably the greatest passage in the Bible on reconciliation. Here's what it says: God brings man to himself. I want you to notice the verse. He says, now all these things are from God, talking about the change, who reconciled us. Who? God reconciled who? Us, that's mankind, to himself. So God brings man to himself. How? Through Christ, that's through his son. So the story of the Bible reconciliation is God reconciles man to himself using his son, Jesus Christ. Is that correct? Is that it? And then what he said, and he gave to us, those of us who have believed, he gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. We have a ministry. Our ministry is the ministry of reconciliation. If somebody said, who's in the ministry? Y'all say, well, JB's in the ministry because he's a pastor. Every one of us are in the ministry. We all have a ministry. It is the ministry of reconciliation. We get to tell people how God has brought brought us back to himself through his son. Now, there's more. There's a little bit more. The next verse... Is 5.19, which he says the exact same thing. Look what he says. Namely, that God was in Christ. God was using his son, reconciling the world to himself, reconciling man back to God. And then he says something amazing. Not counting their sins against them. God brings us to himself, and he doesn't count our sins against us. Where? are our sins, past, present, and future. Where are they? They're on Jesus Christ. So God says, I'm going to bring you to myself, and all the things you've ever done wrong, all the things you're doing wrong now, all the things you'll ever do wrong, I have already placed them on Christ, and he has paid the penalty. So your sin is not the issue. The issue is faith. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior to give you eternal life and to be brought back to a relationship with God? That's reconciliation. So he says, namely, God was, in, God was using Jesus, bringing the world back to himself. He didn't count our trespasses against us. And then look what he says. And he has committed, that means deposited to us. Who's us? That's us, right? What has he de- committed to us? The Word Of reconciliation. That's the message. This is the message of reconciliation. What is the message of reconciliation? God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus. That whoever believes in him will never perish, but have what? Everlasting life. When you trust in Jesus because he's the Savior, you will be reconciled to God forever. That's the story of the Bible. That's our ministry. That's our message. And so when we go out these doors, we can't, we can't just go through life. You remember? Your body belongs to who? To God. He bought you with a price. Who lives inside you? Holy Spirit. So he's given you the power to serve him. And he says, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go into this world with the ministry of reconciliation, with the message of reconciliation. I want you to tell people how they can be brought from death to life. Through Jesus Christ. And the result, and we'll see it next week, that for we're ambassadors for Christ, the result is rewards. And we're going to see that next time. When we serve him, the results will be rewards. So let me throw this up here. Realize this, that we get to serve the living God. That's present tense for us. So what do we do? Offer our lives. Live in God's power. That's the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Fulfill the ministry and message. Of reconciliation and one day will be rewarded. Is this unbelievable? God, who saved you, rewards you for living for Him.